0: Hey, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by two great sponsors. The first is Anchor Hosting. Look, we all know we need to keep our WordPress sites up to date, but sometimes we fall behind. I know I have. Wouldn't it be great if we got some help? Well, look no further. Anchor Hosting has your back. Anchor will handle your WordPress maintenance and hosting needs. With plans starting out at $20 a month, it's an ideal choice for small business owners or web professionals who want to leverage the power of WordPress without the technical responsibility. Head over to anchor.host today to find out more. Our next sponsor is Hover.com with hundreds of domain extensions, no heavy-handed upselling, and best-in-class support, Hover makes it easy to spend less time on your domains and more time on your big idea. And now, They're offering the latest .blog domains. I use Hover for all of my domain needs, and I couldn't be happier. And now, you can use the offer code BUILDSOMETHING for 10% off your first purchase. Head over to Hover.com today. Before we get into the show, I want to say thank you. We're at the end of Season 1, and this week's episode and next week's episode are a little bit different than the previous format. I talked to my good friend Jackie Delia, who also started a podcast in the fall. Hers is called Rethink FM, and we're in a mastermind group together. We've traded notes, exchanged ideas, and learned from each other. And that's what the next two episodes are going to be about. So I want you to sit back, relax, or maybe take some notes if you want to start a podcast in 2017. See, we're going to cover everything from what tools do I use and what microphone do I need to how do I get guests and sponsors and a whole lot more there was so much great stuff packed into this interview that I divided it up into two episodes for us and that's how we're going to close out season one so once again thank you so much for listening and now on to the show Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? We are at the end of season one. It's been a great time. I've had a lot of fun. And I'm here uh, today with my guest, my good friend, and uh, somebody from the Mastermind Group I'm a part of, Jackie D'Elia. Jackie, how you doing?
1: Hey, Joe. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. This is super excited for me.
0: Awesome. No problem. Thanks for, thanks for being on the show. Uh, today, we are going to... Uh, The format's a little bit different from our previous shows. Uh, Jackie and I both have uh, podcasts that we recently started, um, and we are going to go through and talk about kind of how we both built our podcasts to what they are today, the decisions we made, the equipment we bought, and uh, just getting down to the nitty-gritty. So if you want to start a podcast in 2017, this is a great episode to listen to. Sound good, Jackie? Awesome. Awesome all right so uh let's start people listening to this show obviously know what this show is about but you have a a podcast called rethink.fm you want to tell us a little bit about that
1: sure Uh, i started rethink.fm probably last june june of 2016. it came about as just an idea that i had for i like to ask questions so that's that's the premise of this is um, to do a podcast where you can ask questions and it, it's a forward thinking podcast about how you should approach things in the future and how to look for ways to improve your processes and improve the the way that you write code the way that you design the way that you work with clients so the whole i the whole idea was to talk with folks that were doing things in a different way and exploring new ways to do things
0: that's awesome and that that's uh mostly the impetus for why I started, how I built it too. I like asking, I was asking a lot of people how they did things and I was like, man, this is good content. I shouldn't be the only one privy to this. So, um, awesome. So that's great. Uh, so you started in June, your first episode was officially...
1: I think it was about the end of July that I had recorded. I recorded a episode zero with Tanya Mork and we Mm -hmm. were talking about a lot of the ideas that we had both shared about where things are heading and kind of the different, uh, challenges that were ahead for everybody.
0: Nice. So actually that's a great first thing to talk about, right? Is, uh, episodes pre-recording them, doing them live and then, and then episode zero, right? A lot of podcasts do episode zero, I was not going to do that, but uh, it was at your recommendation that I did. So maybe you could talk a little bit about why you would do an episode zero.
1: Yeah, an episode zero for me was kind of like a a trailer, you know, for the mm-hmm. for the podcast and kind of just to lay the foundation of what season one was going to be like. Um, make a commitment to how many episodes I was going to do for season one, whether they sank or swam, you know, just just go and do it. And I had lined up some guests, but didn't have all the guests lined up yet for. The season, I decided to do 12 episodes, and I decided to do it every other week. And that was just based on my own schedule and my availability of how much time I could devote to doing the podcast. And I know we can both probably talk a lot about the time commitment that's involved in doing a podcast. But for me, it was to do it every other week, and it was to commit to doing 12 episodes and just kind of lay the foundation of what the the reason for for creating the podcast, the why of it, and then just sharing that, keeping that pretty short, but a good prelude to what was going to come. And it was a way to kind of get some buzz and to get some information out before you were actually ready to launch the podcast.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, my episode zero was very similar in that I it was, well, it was just me talking uh, about kind of why I asked, how did you build that and, and why the Uh, why I started the podcast again, like a trailer. Uh, there's also a technical aspect to it though, and that is your first episode on iTunes needs to get manually approved, right? So you need to have one episode under your belt, uh, to submit your podcast to iTunes and then some person, uh, manually approves that, that podcast, right? So, uh, if you want to have a launch day of January 1, uh, and you submit your podcast uh, or you, you submit the first episode on January 1, there's going to be a lag time there. So uh, aside from the trailer to lay it out, to kind of uh, hold your um, to hold yourself accountable, uh, it's also that your podcast is making it into iTunes before your, you know, before your launch date so that your actual launch date uh, goes off without a hitch.
1: You are absolutely correct. And I did the same thing. It was probably about three weeks before the episode one aired. I had already got it set up in iTunes, was approved, had my logo, the artwork done, everything was ready to go. So when episode one rolled out, it was already in iTunes right there on that first day.
0: Nice. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about submitting to iTunes in a little bit. But um, as far as choosing choosing your schedule, choosing the episodes, right? Uh, I I was also going to do like every other week. Um, I was and then I i but mostly it was because I didn't think that I would be able to get the guests um but i I had like an overwhelmingly positive response, so I decided uh that i I was going to do it weekly uh and then just kind of pre record everything, so that was the decision I made is that um the the big decisions with my episodes where I was switching it to weekly uh I was going to like almost a hard stop at a half hour, definitely less than 40 minutes, um, to keep the conversations short and focused. Um, and then, uh, so pre-recorded weekly and, uh, and less than or around a half hour. So, uh, I know that people do live shows. Uh, I wanted to have a little bit, I wanted to be able to schedule several in advance because we both do have pretty busy schedules, Uh, So, you know, what was the decision? What was kind of the decision uh, making process for you as far as that goes?
1: Well, originally I had started off doing a video and audio podcast. So definitely the time commitment for doing that was going to make it difficult to do it weekly for me. And I was also wondering, was I going to get enough people to be on the podcast? And You know, I wasn't really aware of how much time it was going to take. And I ultimately learned it takes a lot more time than you think it does. If you want to do it, uh, you know, if you have a standard as far as how you want to deliver your podcast, and it does take quite a bit of time. I later switched in season one to audio only, which I'm much happier I did. I was uh, having challenges with Google Hangouts and recording them and getting them to be the way I wanted them to be and to doing some editing for them. So switching to audio has definitely helped. And at the end of season one, which should end, I think, the first week of January, is for my schedule would be season one is going to end at episode 12. I'll reassess kind of what I want to do going forward for season two. I may move to a weekly podcast, um, and I may not. So I'm going to explore that and kind of just map it out, see what I can get lined up. I agree with you, you know, that time commitment and the effort in there and then planning that out uh, takes considerable amount of time. And then, of course, if you want to line up sponsors and things, well, then then it even gets more complicated as far as advanced planning uh, for lining up guests, lining up sponsors for those guests and those types of things.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I remember that we talked a, a bit about this in our mastermind group was kind of your decision to move away from video, which was something that I decided against just because like, I, I like to talk a lot, but I don't like being on camera. Uh, And, um, you know, as far as, as far as podcasting goes, I figure if, if, uh, if somebody wants to, you know, listen to what my guest and I had to say, that's one thing, but we weren't really doing anything that warranted using a camera, which is, and then there was all that extra editing on top of it, right? You had to figure out Google Hangouts on air or record your Skype call or what have you. Um, so I know that we talked a lot about kind of your decision to to dump that for for the for those kind of reasons as well.
1: yeah, and it to me that was the best decision to let that go. I find that I listen to podcasts I'm not watching them even if I'm at work here at my desk and I want to put a podcast on. I'm typically just listening to it or I'm listening to it on my iPad, something like that. Like you said, two people talking and having a conversation, there isn't a lot more that you're going to get out of that audio version compared to the amount of time and work it's going to take to produce it. And I actually found that I'm getting a much better audio quality now that I'm focused on that and being able to clean that up and work with that in Audacity, which is what I'm using for um, my editing of the audio that I'm able to really improve the quality of that. And then I can focus more time on things like transcriptions too, which is another topic that we talked about.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so we've talked a bit about production at this point. Why don't we move to the post-production? Uh, Cause we're not doing things live. Uh, we're both kind of fixing a few things in post. Uh, I know for, for at least my show, I'm not sure if you, I, I should know this, right? Because I was on your show. Uh, but I have my guests record their audio as well. And I combine them in post So that we have, you know, kind of the highest quality possible, Uh, which uh, takes a little bit of extra work, but I think that sound quality, I've talked about this with a few people, right? Sound quality doesn't have to be amazing, amazing, like, you know, it doesn't have to sound like it's been recorded at like, uh, I just picked NBC because of 30 Rock. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't need to sound like it's in a professional recording studio, but there definitely is a bottom, right? Like, if your audio hits a certain low quality, then people aren't going to want to listen because it's distracting. Um, the other reason that I have my guests record their audio is because um, if if there's a spotty internet connection and, you know, if... Uh, if something drops or, y- y- you know, uh, you start to sound weird, the compression gets bad. Uh, that doesn't have to show up later in post-production. I'll have your uncompressed audio that wasn't sent over the internet, so it's in full. I'll have my uncompressed uh, audio that wasn't set over, sent over the internet, so I have it in full, and I can combine them. Um, what what do, you, what do you do? What's kind of your process for I'm that? doing
1: it the exact same way now. So I'm asking people to record their side of it as well and send it to me. And I'm mixing that together with uh, my audio that I'm recording um, on Skype. So I've moved over to using Skype for the recordings. And that seems to be working a lot better for me. You know, it's nice to, when you're recording, you do have a visual. So you and I are looking at each other right now. We're seeing each other on camera yeah. when we're recording this. So it... That facilitates a really nice conversation, a more natural conversation when you have with somebody. You can all, you know, you can sense when somebody wants to ask a question by their body language and you can pause. And, you know, when you're doing it blindly in just audio only, that can make a lot of um, issues with over-talking each other in the podcast. So I really like having the video end there, but I like having the audio recorded separately so that it isn't subject, like you said, to the issues with um, bandwidth and um, spotty internet connections, and how that can garble the speech sometimes, and that's not something you're going to be able to fix. Without you know, if it's your end, yeah, maybe you could re-record and dub it over. But if it's your guest, you're not, you're not going to go back to your guest and say, "Hey, can you record these three sentences? They were right. all garbled. No one could hear it." So, definitely doing the separate recordings, uh, I think, really improves the audio quality.
0: Yeah, and that's a great point about. Uh, the the video right we're, we're talking to each other I absolutely prefer that uh, in my guest notes for for next season I'm going to include that because I that's taken some of my guests by surprise like we're not doing video right I'm not camera ready um, but it's it's true you know we're we're a lot more engaged because we're looking at each other if this was just audio I'd probably be clicking around the internet while you're talking and it's not nothing against you it's just there, there are less distractions when I'm actually looking at you talking, right? Because we're actually having a conversation. So that's that's a great point. Um, is that both of us do video recordings, um, or, or video calls? We don't record the video, but um, it, it's a lot more conversational, and I like that a lot. Uh, as far as editing goes, uh, I've been I've been editing my episodes a lot uh, myself lately. I've been I used to send them off to somebody in Fiverr. I'll probably continue doing that for season two, um, but like the last few episodes I've recorded have been pretty rock solid as far as quality goes. Uh, I know some of my early episodes, I personally would over-edit them. I would take out ums and pauses, and I got some feedback from from our mastermind group, actually, that uh, it didn't sound natural, and I think that's important. Right.
1: I, I agree with you. I've edited mine as well, taking out the ums and the like, you know, you know, like and all of those and trying to do those. Uh, initially, just cutting those out can make it seem unnatural, especially when one sentence collides into another too quickly and there's not a natural pause where somebody's mm-hmm. thinking about what they're going to say. So I have found if you want to remove the um, you can just silence it in audacity is what I'm using. So you can just grab that little piece, hover over that, um, highlight it, and then just replace it with silence, which gives you the pause, which is more natural, but doesn't give you the ums all the time. And leaving some in, I think is natural. We all say that. If I've got a guest that says it a lot where I'm noticing it. And I think the other thing is, is, once you start editing you do start to notice it and you start to notice when you're saying it whether you're even recording like if I'm just having a conversation with somebody I'll start to notice it and I'll start to notice when they're saying it and I think it's just focusing on it so I think leaving some in is natural but if you do have ultimately we want to provide a really good audio experience for the listeners right so you want to make this enjoyable for them to listen to and i don't want them focusing on every um that is being said and go wow that's like 12 times this person has just said it in 30 (laughs) seconds so you definitely want to clean it up to some degree but i agree with you if you just start cutting things out and bumping them all up against each other it's going to sound very unnatural um, conversation and that can be distracting as well
0: yeah definitely and uh, that's that's a great point about the the pauses the other thing is that When we're editing the episodes ourselves, we're listening to the conversation at least three times, right? We're listening to it when we record it. We're listening to it as we edit it. And certain parts, we probably listen to a bunch. I'll bring down the levels on certain things. If I'm like, if I make this like sound into the microphone, that's like the grossest sound in the world to me. So I need to take that out. Um, It's just going to be blank. You know, when this episode goes live now, they're going to be like, what sound does he mean? But um so and then and then I listen to it again once it's fully edited just to make sure everything sounds right. So we are going it's you know, it's like watching a movie over and over again. You're going to notice new things every time. So, uh, you know, one thing to keep in mind if, if, uh, you know, everybody listening out there, if you start your own podcast is you're going to notice a lot of things that your listeners probably won't notice because they're going to be listening to it most likely once, maybe in the car, maybe while they're doing something else kind of passively grabbing the good information. So, uh, you know, something I've learned over season one is not to sweat every little detail. Uh, and, and that's going to make, I think for a more natural conversation and, and ultimately people prefer that.
1: I agree. I think that's a, that is a really good approach.
0: Cool. All right. So let's see, checking off the list here. We've got, uh, we've got scheduling we've got post-production we haven't talked about our equipment yet though uh so you know kind of our, our tools of the trade i put out a blog post about that i'll, I'll include it in the show notes but um i'm you know i'm using a blue yeti microphone i've got like the arm and the, the pop filter here and uh i i said in the blog post that i was using wiretap studio to record uh, i have since changed that because I was only getting my side of the audio uh, I'm using Camtasia now, which I use for my video editing for WP in one month, but I can get two channel recording now. So, uh, in the event of of something like my guest can't record or, you know, it, it gets deleted or something like that. I still have both sides of the audio that I can use. So, uh, I am using that. Uh, and then I'm using GarageBand to edit, which I'll probably probably switch. Cause I don't really like, I mean, I like it well enough, but I like I don't know how to silence parts of the audio in GarageBand, except for like cutting it out and then like not bumping the audio up against. But so so you know, I've covered extensively kind of what I'm using in the blog post that I'll link. But uh, wh- what are you using over uh, for for Rethink FM?
1: I am using a Rode Podcaster mic with the arm, and I also have a pop filter. Although this mic doesn't necessarily need one it says but i just i had one from a previous mic that i had Mm -hmm. so i just kept that i'm using when i'm on skype i'm recording with ecamm which is a program that kim doyle told me about when we were recording her episode which will be airing in november uh november 30th that uh she told me about that tool and that does record both sides separately so that's great i have two tracks so that if One is a little louder than the other. I can make those adjustments as well. That and I'm using Audacity, and I I watched a couple of videos about Audacity, and I realized it was very easy to use. I originally did the intro music and the intro uh, to rethink in GarageBand when I recorded it all in there, Uh, but since then I really like working in Audacity, and there's like a couple of keystrokes that you can set up. Like I use like Command G. And I can just replace with silence, whatever I've highlighted and it doesn't move anything. So it keeps both my tracks in order. And it, it, I'm finding that I'm able to edit that a lot faster. And for me with my limited budget that I've got for the show because of where we are with sponsors, right? So I would rather spend that money on the transcription part, which is going to be a lot more time-consuming for me than the editing part. I think I've got the editing down pretty well; that I'm comfortable with with what I'm doing with that. And I I find Audacity; it's free. Um, I'm using a Mac, so uh, it's I just downloaded that, and that's been a great program to work
0: with. Awesome! That's uh, that's great. <laughs> I. I, so I, I'm sure there is a way in gar- uh, in GarageBand to do the same thing I just don't know how to do it I haven't taken the time to do it but you just told me how to do it in audacity so uh, audacity is free and open source for all platforms uh, which is um, which makes it very popular right GarageBand is free but it's only for Mac um Camtasia is more of a video editing program and that's uh that's like a hundred or two hundred dollars or something like that. Uh, I got that kind of for the other side of my business where I needed some good video editing software.
1: I'm using ScreenFlow when I want to do a screencast. If I'm doing mm. that for instructional videos, for clients, uh, for clients, that comes in really handy, ScreenFlow. ScreenFlow, though, doesn't record both sides of the conversation in separate tracks when I was using it with Skype. So that was the downside to that. I mentioned that to Kim and she's like, Oh no, just get Ecamm. That'll solve your problem with Skype, with, with using Skype. And she was right. That, that was, that was perfect. That solved my whole problem.
0: Awesome. I'll have to check that out. Um, but you know, Camtasia does record both sides, uh, which is, which is really nice, uh, in two separate tracks. That's, that's the big differentiator, right? Is that I'm getting my microphone, uh, as one track and then the computer audio as another track. So, Uh, Some more advanced programs will allow you to get like just the audio from a single program. I don't know if if that's what Ecamm does, if it just grabs the audio from Skype or from your computer.
1: That I'm not sure of. I'd have to check that. I basically just did the basic setup that would record both tracks for Skype calls.
0: Nice. Nice. So yeah, so that's something to watch out for too uh, if you're kind of evaluating software is that if you have a lot of noises that pop up on your computer you might want to look to just record a single application wiretap studio used to do that uh, but I don't think it's been updated in years so it doesn't do that anymore Uh, the other thing another kind of hot tip uh, is make sure that all of your devices are on do not disturb mode so like uh, um, my phone went off right at the beginning of this episode I don't know if it's edited out or if it's got picked up by the microphone or what but Uh, It's because I forgot to put my phone on do not disturb mode, uh, which I promptly did. Uh, And then the same thing for my computer. I I put it on do not disturb, so um, the noises that are kind of flying around from notifications don't get picked up.
1: Yeah, the other thing, too, is remember that in our case, we're both recording for airing later, right? So we're not doing a live recording. So if something goes wrong in the middle of it, uh, I can when I recorded Diane Kinney's episode right in the middle of that episode, she got a text about loop conference being canceled because of the hurricane. So she got very distracted with that and, but we edited that part out and we were able to just pick up and carry on with our conversation. So remember that don't freak out and go, Oh my gosh, you know, the whole thing is, it's not going to work. You can just pick up in like in audacity. It's very easy to find that spot and block it out and cut it out. So no problems there.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, what I will do is um, if I'm sending it off to somebody to edit it, I'll just say like edit here uh, and I'll, I'll make a note of that. Or if I'm editing it myself, I'll, I'll kind of do this as a demonstration, but I'll I'll clap into the microphone and that makes the audio spike just like a thin line on the on the audio uh, timeline. And that makes it very easy for me to see right before this. I need to edit something out. So, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's a nice visual cue for me. Uh, and I, I stole that from, uh, like professional production. Like, you know, that clapper thing that they like, that they use, like when they're yep. recording. Yeah. So, um, I'll include like a screenshot or something like this in the, in the show notes. But, uh, you know, when you're recording a movie, they have that black thing with the black and white stripe clappy thing. And they go like, all right, we're like recording like star Wars episode eight, take seven. And then they, that's. That serves the same exact purpose uh, so that people in post-production see, okay, this is where the new take starts. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, Just kind of a a tool of the trade. Um, All right. That will do it for uh, part one of the season finale of season one. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much again to our sponsors, Anchor Hosting and Hover.com. Make sure to check both of them out tune in next week for the last episode of season one where we talk about getting guests finding sponsors and a whole lot more and until then get out there and build something thanks for listening